Turn to the book of Philippians and chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. The message today is a war on worry. You may not know this, but it is true that many Christians worry. Well, that's a little bit about what I want to talk about. You were not born worrying. Worrying is just like whether it's smoking or drinking or, you know, it's an acquired habit. You learned how to do it. And so many people have practiced until now they are experts at worry. You may not know that you're worrying. And you may not even think that worrying is a bad thing or that worrying is really a sin. Worry will reveal many things about you and I. I have worried, and therefore I am an expert on worry. I do it all the time. In spite of what I know, I still worry. And I can't figure out how to just totally stop worrying completely. I guess as long as I've got this old body that I'm living in, I might be doing just a little bit of it. But I want to help us anyway with the Scripture. Philippians chapter 4, Paul has wrote this while he's in prison. So this is what we call a prison epistle. And notice how happy the guy seems to be. You might be a little down and discouraged because of where you would be if you was in prison. But he makes a statement there in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Does that sound like a testimony of a man who's having a pity party for himself? Not exactly. And then you look there in verse 10. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again. So there's things that happens in a person's life that causes things not to flourish. Sometimes it seems like there's droughts in your life. And you wonder where the next meal's coming from, or the money's going to come from to pay for this, or if you'll ever get well, or, you know, there's all kinds of things. And so we have many, many things in this life that we can worry about. But you know one thing I never worry about anymore? I never worry about where I'm going when I die. There was a time I worried about that. But did you know that once you have trusted Christ as Savior and God gives you eternal life and you become His child, if you really understand it, you really don't have to worry about it anymore, do you? Because you know you have eternal life. You know that you're going to heaven. And you know that you can't change it. And you know that God can't change it. Because eternal life was a gift. It was free. God gave it to you, and you accepted it, and you have eternal life. You're God's child. You're going to heaven. I never worry about that anymore because I've got God's Word on it. Well, what if you had God's Word on other things, you know, concerning life? Well, you wouldn't have to worry about that either, would you? The trouble comes is because we don't know what God says about many other things that pertain to life. But what if we did? What I want you to see there in verse 10. When he says, I greatly rejoice, because there's certain things that he's learned, and one was not to worry. He learned not to worry. Look at verse 10. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Then in verse 11, not that I speak in respect of what, for I have learned how to worry. Is that what he says? I've learned how to worry. No, he doesn't say that. I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to worry. <laughs> you see, you could take the words peace and content. Well, cast those out of the Bible. 
and put the word worry in the place of it and you'll see how ridiculous it sounds. But the reason we don't have peace and the reason we're not content is because we are worried. We worry about a lot of things. And look at what he says in verse 12. I know both how to be abased and worry and I know how to abound and worry. Everywhere I worry and in all things I worry. I'm instructed both to worry and to be hungry, both to abound and to worry and to suffer need and to worry. Do you see anything wrong with what I said? And yet, how many times we do worry about a lot of things that God says that we need to pray about? So as you read these scriptures, you see that uh, that's not what it says and it's just the opposite. That's a sign of growing in the Lord when you can have peace of God. See, you have peace with God when you trusted Christ as your Savior. But the peace of God is what God gives to you on a daily basis when you rely upon Him and you trust Him. Look at verse 13. I can do all worrying through Christ. Christ is going to strengthen me to help me to worry more and more. It doesn't say that. So there is something that's totally opposite of all of that. But we worry about losing our health, uh, losing a job, uh, losing a loved one, uh, losing, uh, you know, somebody's affection, uh, losing, you know, you name it. And we worry. But there's some wonderful things that God has given to us. Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. It never solves a problem. It's dragging the past that you can't do anything about into the future. And ruining this perfectly good given day that God's given to me. Worry is the interest paid on trouble before it comes due. And so some people just worry about everything. They're worry warts. Have you ever heard someone say, I am worried sick over... And then you put the, the word in there. Because we, we don't know the answers of some things in life. And so we, we, we worry about things. We won't say it's worry... And worry can produce a lot of stress in a person's life. One person says, I, if it wasn't for stress, I wouldn't have any energy at all. They just work under stress all the time. It's what keeps them going. Worry is a sin that can literally make you sick. Consider the stress-related illnesses. Heart attacks, worry can do that. Worry can produce high blood pressure. Worry can produce ulcers. Worry can produce insomnia. Worry can produce headaches, strokes, immune system malfunction, suicide. Stress can do all of that. And stress is because you're worried about something. You see, you don't have to worry about anything you put in God's hand. But you will not say, I'm, not, I'm trusting the Lord, I'm trusting the Lord. And then you worry yourself sick. You're not trusting the Lord. You're saying the words. And you can be, have you ever seen an alcoholic in denial? They just don't believe that they're an alcoholic or a drunkard. They deny it. They deny all the symptoms. And yet there's Christians that deny the symptoms. They're under a lot of stress and they're worried sick. But they won't say, no, 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 I'm trusting the Lord. No, you're not. Because worry is a sign that you're not. Worry is a sin. And you will never have the freedom, the liberty that you ought to have until you recognize it for what it is. If you're sick and tired of being tired and sick, you need hope, help, and healing. Remember, God is the great physician, and he has just the right prescription for his children. The text in Philippians in chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, look in verse 6, 
It says, be careful for nothing. That word careful means be anxious for nothing. Be, don't be worried about anything. He says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then he says in verse 7, and the peace of God. If you don't do what God says do in his prescription, then you're not going to have the results of it. How many people are having to get prescription drugs? Don't raise your hand. But you know, when it comes to spiritual healing, God has a prescription that he wrote out, and all you have to do is take two pills a day, or do whatever it says do, and, and, and the peace of God will be with you. It means it will annihilate worry. So there are symptoms that we have, and there's a prescription that is a cure. Here are four steps from these verses on how to get from worry sick to worry free. Now everybody would like to say, well, I don't, I don't worry. I'm not worried about anything. And then, but the stress will show symptoms in their life sometimes that they are. Constraint is a command. The text says, be careful for nothing. Nothing. Means don't worry about anything. Not some things are justified. No, don't worry about anything. That doesn't mean you're not concerned about how this comes out of that, doesn't But I'm talking about, you know, concern about, you know, you got to work so you can pay bills, you got to do that. You do all the things you can. But worrying that makes you sick, that you can't do anything about, uh, God's, that's a sin. Worry is not a disease. You didn't catch this from somebody. But if you hang around people who worry all the time, it won't be long for you. might be just worried just like they are. Because a person who has a particular problem, like a person who gossips, like to hang around people who gossip. And they feed each other information until they let you know they really love gossiping. But if you say, do you believe in gossip? Oh, no, I hate gossiping. And then they just mention things to people, you know, this is just for prayer. But they gossip. Gossip is a sin. There's a lot of things that are sin, but we overlook it and say, well, that's, that's not it. We deny it. Worry is not a disease unless you consider sin a disease. It is not an uncontrollable condition. I can't help myself. How many times have I heard me? Well, I just can't help myself. Well, maybe you can, but God can. Now, will you let God help you? God can help us in every area of our life. The word worry comes from two Greek words, which means to divide the mind. Because there's a part of your mind that says, trust the Lord. And there's another part of the mind that says, worry, 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 worry. Well, a double-minded man is unstable in how many of his ways? All of his ways. Did you know worrying about one thing can contaminate the peace of mind you had in everything else? Worry is a sin, and sin is like leaven, and leaven is like the Bible says, a little leaven leaveneth the whole up. So a little worry can destroy a lot of peace of mind, can keep you from sleeping at night, can cause a lot of stress-related illnesses in your life, in your physical body. All those things can happen. Yeah, I'm worried sick. And many times that relates into physical problems. In the Bible, it makes this statement. Uh, let me read this to you first of all. The word, it says here, you will be dominated between positive or negative thoughts. Success starts in the mind, but so does worry. All your success and failures begin right up there. As a man thinketh, so is he. 
So you have to learn how to think. You can think positive or you can be negative. Some people, it doesn't matter. You know, isn't the sun shining beautiful today? Well, you should have seen it this morning. There was clouds everywhere. I, I, I know, but it's the sun shining right now. It'll be raining in a minute. They have something negative to say. I don't care what it is. And then there's some who are just positive. And this daddy had a, a, a little boy. And the little boy was just so positive about everything. He was just positive. He said, I'll knock some of that positive out of you. But he was always negative. He took him out there and he says, now clean out that manure out of this barn. And so the little boy got out there and he started... And his daddy checked down in about 15 minutes and the little boys are humming and are whistling and are singing and throwing manure everywhere. He says, what are you doing? What are you so happy about? Shelling manure. He said, with this much manure, there's got to be a pony around here somewhere. <laughs> but it all depends on how you look at life. You can be negative all your life or you can be a little on the positive side. John chapter 14 verse 1 says, let not your heart be troubled says, you believe in God, believe also in me. God said, let not your heart, that's your mind, don't let it be troubled. Don't worry. And the answer was, you believe in God, yet believe in me. Trust me. Trust me. I know we've had presidents say, look, just, just trust me. <laughs> that's enough to cause everybody to worry. <laughs> just trust me. You can trust the Lord. The Lord will never fail you. The Lord won't let you down. You can be as happy as you want to be without changing circumstances or anything. You see, happiness is a state of being. It's the way you are. You can choose to be happy or you can choose to be sad. And every one of us do. You are as happy as you really want to be. Because nobody can make you happy. And nobody can steal it from you if you don't want them to. You can be mad, angry, bitter, happy, joyful, if you want to be. Whatever, take, take your pick. It's your choice. And worry, worry is a sin. There are 400 references to peace in the Bible, with 100 in the New Testament. Most of Paul's letters start and end with a reference to peace. God wants His people to have peace, peace of mind. And if you're peaceful in your mind and your spirit, you, know, you can be so happy, you can be joyful, you can be so Rejoicing all the time about everything. Like I said, rejoice always. And again I say rejoice. Confess worry as a sin. First John 1 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Ain't that what it says? Alright, that's to the Christian. Not to the lost person. That's to the person who knows they have eternal life. They're going to heaven when they die. And they're a Christian. Is worry a sin? If worrying is a sin, then should you confess your sins to God? You should, should confess you're worrying to God. And there's a reason. And you need to understand it from God's point of view. Don't say, well, I just can't, it's just the way that I am. Stop all that. Listen to what God says. Don't excuse yourself. Don't make allowances for yourself. Always be seeking to be what God wants you to be. Watching your attitude. Worry shows a lack of trust in the Lord. Yes or no? It shows a lack of trust in the Lord when you worry. If you are dominated by sinful worry, fear, anxiety, you are thinking too much about yourself. One of the biggest things that helped me to be a soul winner, to talk to people about where they're going to spend eternity, 
is when I stopped thinking about me and started thinking about them. You think about yourself and you'll be scared to death. What are you scared of? Them? Or what it does to you? Or how they're going to respond? Or you're going to be rejected? Or what are they going to think about you? It's all about you. It's the only reason we wind up being afraid. Our fear is what causes us not to do the things that we should. But that means you're not trusting the Lord. We think about ourselves. We become intimidated. And it can keep you and rob you of the greatest things in life. The first step toward victory is to recognize and confess worry as sin. Worry is emotional atheism. You heard me say many times, many Christians live their lives as though God fell off his throne and he can't get back up. No. God is alive. God is real. He is on the throne and he does work and he is powerful and he can do what he promised he will do. Worry is emotional atheism. It means, to some extent, I don't believe God. I don't trust God. God's going to fail me. He's gonna, not going to come through. So we worry. Because now, if that's all true, then it all depends on me. And I can't handle it. And it's just too much pressure. And that's the last straw. And I can't handle it anymore. I've had so many people say, you know, I, I can't handle it. Oh, shut up. You can too. You and the Lord. By yourself, no. God said he will not put upon you anything greater than you can bear. Yes or no? Then he won't. You don't have any problem big enough to break you. But many people are broken. Not because of the problem, but because of their weakness to trust the Lord. Worry is an indication that we think God cannot look after us. Perpetual uneasiness is symptomatic of prayerlessness. No one can pray and worry at the same time. Now, which one are you doing? You can't worry and pray at the same time. You say, well, I prayed about it. And then you worried? No, you didn't pray about it. You said the word, but you didn't pray. Pray means I'm casting all my cares upon the Lord. Well, if you did that, then what are you worried about? But see, we say the words. We're, our Christianity becomes mechanical. It's not really alive. It's not a personal God that I really believe in. But we have so much to learn from the Lord's Word. Look at this. And this is so important. The last part of this statement. Unbelief is a what? Sin. And a sin is to be confessed. So if worrying is a sin, it has to be confessed. But you have to see it as that. The next statement. Worry actually vandalizes the body. Uh, what does that mean? Sometimes somebody might vandalize your home or your car. But isn't it a shame when a Christian vandalizes their own body? In other words, you are destroying yourself, hurting yourself. And that's why you will not be a happy Christian, you will not be a joyous Christian, you will not be a victorious Christian because you're mutilating, vandalizing yourself. It's not the world that's doing it to you, you do it to yourself on how you accept things. Now get this statement. Worry actually vandalizes the body. Your emotional and spiritual well-being has an effect on the physical body. Have you ever had doctors tell you that? Has doctors ever told you that worrying is not good for you? Stress is not good for you? You, you never had a doctor tell you that? They will. Just ask them. 
And that's why sometimes there's nothing they can do, no medicine they can give that can cure it. Because the problem is not the normal thing because it's, uh, it's induced because it's a spiritual problem. Things that happen because of the mind that controls the brain that works the parts of our body. Three keys for lasting change. The renewing of your mind. In Ephesians in chapter 4 it talks about put off the old man. Put off the old behavior. Alright, there's something to put off. That's repent. Change your mind. Reconsider. You don't want to be the way you were. You're a Christian now. But you have to renew your mind. In verse 23. And that is be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Up here. How you think. God doesn't want you to think like a normal individual who lives in the flesh in the world. Because that's not you. You are a child of God. You're a citizen from heaven. And your destiny is fixed. You're going to heaven whenever you die. And you're here temporarily as long as God has a ministry for you. And you're to accomplish that which God intended. And until then, let God have his way with you. Don't challenge God. Don't rebuke God. Trust him. Believe it. And let God do whatever God wants to do. He can be free to bring into your life or out of your life whatever he wants. And it won't bother you. You can accept that. And then you'll begin to grow as a Christian. If not, it'll make you bitter because you'll get hurt. You didn't get what you wanted. Your expectations were not met. You're not all that you thought you ought to be. We're not interested in what you want. We're interested in what does God want. You see, there's a, a conflict of the wills. There's a lot of things you want out of life. Maybe you want to do or be or go or whatever it is. Yeah, but then there's something over here. Uh, what does God want? And these two make clash. And that's why you can have peace of mind if you'll just say, Lord, whatever you want, that's fine with me. And you can have peace. But if you don't, you're going to be totally in disarray and despair because it may never work your way. Learn to trust the Lord. And the third thing is replace. You've got to put on the new man, which was created in righteousness and true holiness. So there's uh, something to put off. Change your mind. Something to put on. And God says, if you'll learn this, it can truly help in your Christian life. You can't change the past, but you can ruin a perfectly good day by worrying about it. Have you ever had a wonderful day that God gave to you? And then you ruined it by bringing up the past that you can't do anything about. And you can be just, listen, you can rehash things that happened long time ago. And did you know you dwell on it long enough and it'll make you inside just as mean and bitter and hateful as it did 20 years ago. And ruin this moment. Now you think that's what God's will is for you? This is why you've got to forgive, forget, let it go, dwell upon that which God wants you to have. There's problems in life. But the problems are not supposed to make us totally filled with despair and stress and worry until we're sick and we can't move and operate because of it. Cast your cares on Christ. 1 Peter 5, 7, when he says, Cast all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. You believe that? All right, then if you believe that, then you can trust the Lord. If you take everything and put it in God's hands, you'll soon see God's hands and everything that you put in his hands. Ask God to lift the weights off your soul. Have you done that? And you don't think he will? See, many people 
Think of it this way. Why pray when I can worry? Is there anything wrong with that? It's supposed to be, why worry when I can pray? The second thing, if it's too small a matter to pray about, it's too small a matter to become a burden. You should never think that your problems are too big, God can't do anything about it, or too small that God's not going to be concerned. Both are an insult to God. God says, pray about how many things? All things. Pray all the time. I don't have time to read that. I was going to read the, the words to that song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. You ought to just read the words to that song. We sing it, but you ought to just hear the words. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our griefs and so forth to bear. And then talk about casting our cares upon the Lord. And all the word that we do because we do not take it to Him in prayer. It's an awesome song. Carry confidence in your countenance. Give God thanks for what you pray for in advance of you receiving it. Gratitude and praise confirm that you are trusting in the Lord. Thanksgiving and praise are antidote to worry. If you look at that verse when he makes this statement in verse 6, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. When you pray to God and you're asking God for something, then it says give thanks before you get the answer. Give God thanks for what you prayed for. Before you ever get it. Because don't you think you will? But rejoice not so much in what God is going to do. Or what God is going to answer. But rejoice in the fact that I have a God who heard my case. And I'm going to leave the righteous judge. The options are open. They're all his. He can do anything he wants. He can say yes. He can say no. He can say wait a while. And his answer is sufficient for me. That's all I wanted was a hearing with a God who could do something about it. And I'm going to trust him with the results. Now tell me if that won't give you a peace of mind. It lies beyond the power of an individual to make things work. Because you're limited. You don't have all the answers. You can't do everything. But there's a God who does. And he does know and he cares. Chronic worriers make the mistake of waiting for their circumstances to change before rejoicing. You take a piece of paper, write down all the blessings you can think of as a tonic for your soul. And see if you can think of anything that God's done for you that you can rejoice about and be thankful for. Learn to be thankful. It's hard to be a worrier when you're thankful and you're praising the Lord for what He's done and you're rejoicing in the right thing. Uh, what are you going to worry about? It will give you a peace of mind that... Your husband can't give it to you. The wife can't give it to you. The kids can't give it to you. Nobody can give it to you. This is between you and God because it's the peace of God. It's a personal thing. Otherwise, the Bible is just a book. It's a mechanical thing. And it's not a living, vivacious, personal book that gives you a relationship with Christ that nobody else can. In the Christian life, you live by faith or you don't live at all. When you cease to live by faith, you cease to live. Do you know God says a child of God is not only saved by grace, he is to live by faith. And if he lives by faith, and that's the only way you can live as a Christian, for God is to live by faith. Well, if you're not living by faith, you're not living. 